This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Your guests, we're glad to have you with us. If you need a Bible, once you get your hand up, our ushers would gladly get you a Bible. Then we will begin this morning in the book of Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 6. Now, uh, if you were here last Sunday, we started a fast, and so you who are fasting, you're going on a 10-day fast. Today's your halfway point. Woohoo! So that means here next week you can get back to coffee. I, I have had no coffee in me for a number of days, and so um, sad for me to tell you this, but I finally got it all out of my system, and I'm not yawning like I was and half dead most of the day, so I'm up and running, but I, I encourage you, if you didn't start that, you're more than welcome to jump in there. We're believing for several things as a church. One, uh, Mark 16, 20, that God would confirm his word with signs following. Acts 2, 17, the spirit of God be poured out upon all flesh. And Hebrews 2, 4, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So again, you can hook up in there with us and, and partake of this, and I believe you'll see huge results from it. Also, um, just some of them I want to make you aware of to pray for. Uh, Jan Jones, she's in here. Kenny, why don't you raise your hand? I won't make you do that, Jan. She fell the other day and broke a, a wrist and a shoulder and everything. So we pray speedy recovery on you. And then uh, the guy and the gal who were in the video a minute ago, Bubba and Kristen, uh, Bubba's father passed away last week. So we speak blessings to you guys too. All right, we go this morning into an area, and this happened years ago in my life, but I, I believe um, one of the greatest things about the church is we believe in what we call GPS, giving, praying, and serving. So this morning, I'm going to talk about giving, and if I didn't tell you, go to Galatians chapter 6, but what you begin to find out that it seems like in our society, the ultimate goal is the pursuit of wealth. And so we can do that man's ways or we can do it God's ways. And in God's kingdom, how I handle my wealth, what I have in my hand right now or what you have in your bank account right now often will determine what you will experience or not experience in your life and really in this upcoming year. And so I'm going to talk on this and I, I really want you to get this because there's going to be a lot of scripture today. Begin with me, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. Now, that word deceived is rooted in lured or baited, but it also means to be deluded or misled. Now, he warns us this. This can happen. I can be misled in this area. And so he goes on to say, God is not mocked. God is not made a fool of. The Amplified says, God will not allow himself to be sneered at or mocked. For whatever, you may want to underline that, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. The Amplified says that and only that is what he'll reap. Verse 8, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So to a degree right here, he's telling us you, you either are invested in the things of your flesh or you're uh, investing in the things that will be eternal. One of the two. Verse 8, 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. 
Now, I want to highlight three things off of the first three verses we read. First of all, God will cause a harvest to come from the seeds you've sown. I've got to sow seed. Number two, God is never late or God is never early. He's just right on time. And number three, God will give us a harvest with the same nature as the seeds we've sown. And so when you look at this, uh, biblically, God has promised to multiply the seeds you've sown. Every one of us in this room. And so none of us are exempt from this. Verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the household of faith. And so in reading that verse right there, I believe 2019 will be a year of great opportunity. A great opportunity for us to be givers and and to sow great seed. And I want to highlight what he said, especially those who do the household of faith. Those who do church with us. We're to be aware of that. Now, turn with me back to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. Matthew 6. And what we're going to do here today is we're going to give you a foundation of this in the area of giving. And I believe it will set the tone for your year. That's why I'm wanting to start here in early January with this, to give you some biblical truths. You know, oftentimes we make New Year's resolutions, and usually our New Year's resolutions have something to do with Well, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to be more diligent in this area. But many times we overlook the spiritual things, but even also the area of giving. That ought to be one of our our New Year's resolution. Matthew 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. So he gives us two, two analogies or two dilemmas there. You're, you're either going to invest everything on this thing called earth, and I don't know if you've realized this, but this uh, thing called earth, it's just temporary. You're not going to be here forever. But the other one, he said, you can invest in heaven. Eternally, things that will never go away. And and, and so when you begin to see this right here, it's a choice. And when I give my money into the kingdom of heaven, it's like I'm investing there. Verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, Jesus right here, he does not prohibit material possessions nor does he prohibit the enjoyment of those material blessings. But what he does prohibit or forbid is when I live a selfish or an extravagant life of materialism that ties myself to this place called earth. And if you'll notice right there, he he says, where your treasure is at, that's where your heart will be. Oftentimes we say, where your heart will be, that's where your treasure will be. But that's not what he said. So if you want to follow where you're really going in life, just look at your treasures. Now ask yourself this question right now. What occupies your time? What occupies your resources? What occupies your thoughts? Because oftentimes this will let us know exactly where we're at. So when I read those two or three verses there, and he gives us 
investing here or investing in heaven. God knows us as human beings. God knows how we think and how we act. And so he throws something in in verse 33 that I believe will really help you. Same chapter, Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek. But seek. Now, that word seek is action. I got to do something, okay? But seek first. Now, throughout this morning, you're going to hear the word first on several occasions. I want you to think about what he begins to say on this first verse we read talking about the first. But seek first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Now, if you go back and look at all the things that would be added, God's going to take care of us, but I can't get it out of order. Many times we seek those things above seeking God, but he says seek first the kingdom of God. So when you read this right here, seeking God first, that's priority to God. It's a big deal to Father God. It's a huge deal to him or he wouldn't have told us to do this. Now, when you look at this, To seek him first is to turn first to his word. i got to get into his word, which is in the atmosphere in which we will know the truth. And so again today, I'm telling you, we're going to get into a bunch, a bunch of scripture today. So you begin to see this, but you got to get into the word of God. Because you get in the word of God, you'll understand God's will. God's word and his will, they go hand in hand. And so this is what we're going to do for the next few minutes. Go with me into the Old Testament to the book of Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13. Again, investing into the kingdom of God. Now we'll highlight Exodus 13 in two passages and then we'll go to the book of Leviticus which is next. Exodus 13 verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, consecrate. The word consecrate there means to to sacrifice, to dedicate. It literally means to sacrifice or to consider something as belonging to God. Okay, So watch what we're to consecrate that belongs to God. And consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both the man and beast, it is mine. Now this was the word of God. So what we have to understand here is in their time, their occupation was normally in two ways. They were either farmers or ranchers with livestock. So the firstborn of all their livestock, that very first one, God said was his. It's mine. So again, when you read that right there, you understand This is a big deal to God to understand. It's God's. So if it's God's, it's not mine. Turn to Exodus chapter 23. And we'll begin in verse number 19. Exodus 23 verse 19. The first, there it is again. The first of the first fruits of your land... You shall bring it into the house of the Lord your God. So what he's getting over here is the first of their harvest, it was to go to the Father God. And so when you begin to look at the first of the first fruits, literally, 
That's your best. That's your choices. That's not leftovers. And it's interesting, he said, that the first of the first fruits, you are to bring it to the house of God. Now, now when you look at this, and you obey this, you'll begin to recognize that when I honor God with the first fruits that he's talking about, I'm saying to Father God, Father God, you're my source. I look to you. I choose your way. I don't choose God, uh, man's ways. I choose your way. And so if God is blessed by the first of the first fruits, that means the last of your first fruits, God doesn't welcome it. God doesn't receive it. So guess what he's telling me and you? The blessing is in that first one. Why is that first one so significant? Because the first one takes great faith. And so to step out by faith, you're saying, before I know what I have the rest of the month, you're number one, Father God. Before I pay any other bill, you're number one. So to live by that, it's going to take great faith to step out and believe that. And to honor God with that and to trust God with that. And so if you note also, he said, he designate where it's supposed to go. And he said, you shall bring it into the house of the Lord. Now, this is the word of God. Go with me to Leviticus chapter 27. Genesis, then Exodus, Exodus, then Leviticus chapter 27. Once you get there, we're going to read verse 30. Now, all these references I'm giving you, I encourage you to go back and study them and read these, okay? Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. And all the tithe... And I don't know if you've ever studied the tithe, but the tithe is 10%, okay? And so all the tithe, the 10% of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, it's the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Now when you see the word holy right there, that tells me it's a big deal to God. It is a big, big deal to Father God with that tithe, what you do with it. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. So as we go, on, go along here, that first one is so significant. And you know why it's so significant? I believe it's a test. I believe it's a test for every one of us. It's a test of your faith that you step out and say, you know what, Father God, I'm going to believe you and I'm going to trust you and I'm going to do it your way. Now, I can tell you this. From years ago in my life, me and Shelly tried to do things our own way. And we saw where that got us. And so we begin to see the scripture on this areas of what it talks about, about honoring God with your first, your first fruits and your tithe. And, and when we begin to understand, okay, God is, is asking us to give him 10%. I'm telling you, it twisted me. I thought, I, I can't do that. I have more month than money. But we begin to honor God when we had very, very little. Very, very little. We, we lived in a house on Barely Get Along Street. Not really, I wouldn't know what it's called, but. 
And we lived in a little, little two-bedroom trailer house that when you went down the hallway, both of you couldn't go down the hallway together because you couldn't both get through it. But you know what? Even back in those days, we made the decision, we're going to honor God. We're going to honor God with this. And we're going to stay with it, and we're going to stay with it. And you know what? 35 years later, I've stayed with it. I'm telling you guys, God will bless you. God will take care of you. Okay? I, I don't speak on this apologetically, okay? I speak on this because I saw what it did in our life, and I speak on this because it'll help you. It'll change your life. And so here's the deal. Many of you, if you don't get a hold of this, next year at this time, you're going to be in the same boat, the same dilemma. And I will never preach on anything I don't do myself. I've done this for years. And for me to stand up there and tell you to do something I don't do, that's a hypocrite. I won't do that. But I saw the significance of it. And, and there was a man that, that is just a, a great man of God. Many of you will know the name, Jack Hayford. When Jack Hayford was five years old, his father set him down and he put 10 pennies on the table and he said, Jack, I'm going to give you the principles of the kingdom of God. Get them. For every dime that you make, that first penny's God's. Jack Hayford is almost 90 years old and he's lived his life on that principle. And I tell you, incorporate that in your children. Teach that at a young age. And guess what? If they grow up at this age learning to honor God, they'll never turn from it. That's all they'll ever know. And their life will be blessed. Thank you for those two holy amens. Proverbs 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Honor the Lord with your possessions. You know, honor is revealed the majority of the time by the way I do it, my attitude. That's why there in the Corinthians it says, God loves a cheerful giver, not a tearful giver, a cheerful giver. So he says, honor the Lord with thy possessions, and then guess what he does? He tells us how to do that. Look what he says. And with the first fruits of all your increase, the blessing is in that first one. And so when you honor God with that first one, I'm telling you, there is a, a blessing attached to that. The first of my first fruits. What's the blessing? Look at verse 10. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Wow. So as I look at verse 9 and 10, in verse 9 it says, honor the Lord. So if I have the choice to honor the Lord, then I also have the choice to dishonor Him. But when I read verse 10, I don't know about you, but I love the words in verse 10, plenty and overflow. I would venture to say every one of us would like our life to experience plenty and overflow. But verse 10 is a result of obeying verse 9. I will never walk into the benefits of verse 10 without obeying verse 9. And to do that, it's going to take obedience. You're going to have to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. And so when you see what he's talking about, it's literally uh, Genesis 1.11, the law of sowing and reaping. If you go back and look, that's where God implemented the law of sowing and reaping in Genesis 1. 
So right here, I have a choice. You have a choice. Turn with me to the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Now, as you're going in this, remember we started out, whatever a man sows, that's where he, what he'll reap. And he said, don't grow weary in doing good, for in due season you'll reap. That means you've got to stick with it. So there's one of our guys on our praise and worship team, and I don't know if he's still in here or not. About a month ago, I'm having a conversation with him. And he begins to tell me that he has an uncle that has a large farm. And he said, on that farm, in the year of 2009, he planted every type of fruit tree that would make it in West Texas. He had pears, he had apples, he had apricots, he had just all, he started naming them. And he said, you know what's interesting, Pastor? And I said, what's that? And he said, we never started getting any fruit off of any of those trees until 2017. And when he said that, I thought, that's interesting. Because even though that tree wasn't producing any fruit up to that point, his uncle never said, well, let's uproot that thing. It's not doing any good. See what I'm telling you? Stick with it. Stick with it. Now, let, let me use the analogy that this is how I begin to sense what the Lord wanted to speak to this. If you plant a garden in the summer, you plant tomatoes and green beans this, this coming May, you're going to reap them in about three, four, five months. You're going to have them on there. But there's certain fruit in your life that it may take eight or nine years to bear fruit. Are you willing to stick with it? Are you willing? Listen, what I'm saying here is don't give up on your seed. Don't give up on God's promises. Woohoo! Some of you are excited. Malachi 3, verse 7. Now listen real close to this. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances or my decrees. One translation says my ordinary principles. And you have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Question mark. Verse 8. Will a man rob God? The new living says, cheat God. Yet you have robbed me or cheated me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? Now it's a sobering thought to me to think, I've robbed God. I've stolen from God. I've cheated God. Look what he says. In tithe and in offerings, plural. In tithes and offerings, I've robbed God. You know what that tells me? I took something that wasn't mine. And so when you look at this right here, you can try to make it excuses. You can try to reason it. And here's the biggest excuse that I get from people. That's Old Testament. That's Old Testament. It's brilliant. You're right. Well, we live under the disposition of grace. I didn't read it, but 
Malachi 3, 6 says this. God said, I don't change. So if God said he didn't change, when did he change? And if we want to take that a little bit further, all of the Ten Commandments are in the book of Exodus chapter 20, which is Old Testament. So if we're going to disobey one, we might as well just disobey them all. If they're of no value, they're of no good. In other words, they're either all true or none of them are true. And so something happens when I begin to believe God, okay? Now look how he challenges us here in verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. If you want to look at the storehouse, it's cross-reference, 1 Chronicles 26.20. To save you a little bit of time, I'll tell you what it is. It's the church, okay? Bring all the tithes into the storehouse or the church, the house of God. Why? That there may be food or resources in my house. And now try me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, there will be not room enough for you to receive it. So the only way that promise of God opening the windows of heaven to me and you is open is for me to obey what he just asked me to do. The command to tithe. And to tithe, it's going to take diligence. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take faith. And, and the only way I reprieve the, the blessing from the curse is to do this. I don't have to do it. But there's a blessing when I do it. So here's what happens oftentimes. I'll have people that will say, Pastor, I need you to pray for my finances. I need a blessing in my finances. And if you ask me that, this is usually my response. Are you a tither? And a lot of people will get mad and say, what difference does that make? Well, what you're asking me to do or what you think that should happen is that my prayer will override the word of God. My prayers won't override the word of God, neither will yours. And so when it comes to this, I either obey what, I, what he said or I disobey. And I, I believe the more time I spend in prayer that in 2019 there's spiritual lines that are being drawn in the sand. And God has said over and over when I pray, I'm going to bless the righteous in 2019. I'm going to take care of those ones that honor me and they keep honoring me. But the ones that don't, I believe with all my heart. And I'm not speaking fear. I'm just telling you what I sense. It's going to get rough. There's going to be some things that are going to begin to happen. So when I look at everything that I've said already up to this point, I'm either going to do it God's way or I'm going to do it with man's way. And I saw in my own life where God's got me. I'm telling God keeps, it, it blows me away what God's done in my life because of honoring this principle right here. And again, I will tell you this, in the early days, my head, it twisted. It was like, I, I don't know how I can do this. But we stepped out on faith. That's what you're going to have, you're going to step out by faith. And say, Father God, I'm all in. I got one passage left, and this is really going to help you, okay? 
Go with me to the book of John chapter 2. John chapter 2. Here's what I sense for 2019. The ones that are kingdom minded, the ones that are kingdom givers, God will use you like a conduit. He wants to flow right through you. And what I mean by that is I'm not praying give to get. I'm praying give to give. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be a blessing. You're blessed to be a blessing. Remember, as you have opportunity, do good to all, but to especially those who are in the house of God. And again, there's times in our life when we need help. That's okay. But God wants you to get over to the place where you're the one that's given help instead of getting help. And that's how God's design is all along for every one of us. He, he wants us blessed to be a blessing. How many of you have ever dreamed of really blessing people? There's two or three of you. Why do you say it? I dream of that a lot. I'm telling you, there's many of you in here. I've dreamed of blessing you and saying. And so when people make, make statements, I take notes here in my mind and think, yeah, yeah, the day's coming when I'm going to be able to bless them. I'm going to do this and this. And so that's what I mean. God wants to be a conduit that works right through you. John 2, verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Canaan and Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Let me just throw this in here for you. Most believe this wedding was one of the relatives of the Lord Jesus and his mother Mary, okay? This is family. They went to this. And when they ran out of wine, I just want to stop right there. Understand that in Jewish culture, when they had a, a wedding, they partied. I mean, they partied. They partied like it's 1999. They partied for a whole week. Some of you weren't even born in 1999. That's why you didn't get that. That's an old Prince song, okay? And so for them to run out of wine at the wedding reception, wedding, wedding reception broke the unwritten law of hospitality. It was like, no, 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 you don't do that. So they run out of wine. And the mother Jesus said to him, they have no wine. In other words, Jesus, we can't let our relatives be embarrassed. This is a no-no. And so Jesus said to her, woman. Now when he said to her, woman, this does not convey a lack of respect or, or affection for his mother. But he said, woman. What does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. What he's talking about here is he has not been revealed as the Messiah. But remember, Mary's his mother. Mary's grown up with him. She's seen his, his life for all these years. Now, now he's in his 30s. And she knows, I, I know you got miracle power in you. I, I know what you can do. Now, verse 5, this is the one you got to get, okay? This is the special sauce. Get this right here. 
And his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. Now, in life and with the things of the kingdom of God, there's times you're not going to fully understand everything. But when Jesus tells me to do it, even though I may not at the moment fully understand why I'm doing that, something happens when I obey the Lord Jesus. Let me ask you something. The first time you ever heard about salvation, did it, fully, did it make fully sense to your fully sense? No. You look like. So I, I asked Jesus to come into my heart, and I believe that he's the Son of God, and I get saved. That'll make full sense. It's the same in the area of tithing. I'm telling you, when you start to honor God and God says tithe and you honor him, it will not make fully sense to you to start with. But when Jesus tells us something to do, do it. Just ask Nike. Just do it. They, they copied that. That's Bibles, all that is. They got rich off a of Bible. Just do it. Verse 6. Now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. And Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. It, it, excuse me, Mr. Jesus. Why would we fill the wine pots with water? That that makes zero sense. What's your reasoning behind that? But watch, watch. Jesus says, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. Now get this, because they, they didn't question him. They didn't ask him nothing. When Jesus said, do it, they just, we're doing it. We're doing it. Keep reading. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. Now we don't understand the implication of this. Because if we really understood what was happening, people in their customs, they die for stuff, stuff like that. You go in there and take water instead of wine. I'm telling you, the master of the house says, get rid of that servant. But Jesus says... Draw some out and take it. Now watch this. And they took it. And they took it. Do whatever Jesus said. And they obey him. Now watch verse 9. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who drawn out the water, they knew. Oh yeah, they knew. They knew what was going on. So here's what's going on here. Any time in our life, when we take what's the natural and we obey Jesus and we give it to him, he takes the natural and turns it into supernatural. Anytime the Lord Jesus asks you to do something extraordinary, you know why he asks you to do that? Because he's got an extraordinary blessing for you. 
And so when you look at what we've talked about here, it becomes your choice. I didn't say this a minute ago, but the thing that got my attention 35 years ago was when I read, You're cursed. You're cursed. I didn't want to be cursed. But I began to look through the scriptures and I realized the only way that cursed was, was reprieved is for me to start honoring God. And so the goal here in early 2019 is for you to build a lifetime and a lifestyle off of the godly principles right here. And I wouldn't tell you something to do if it wasn't a blessing. But when God makes a promise, he will fulfill his promise as you and me fulfill the condition of the promise. So as you go through this year, and if it's not going like it, don't get mad at God. Don't say, God, what are you doing? God tells us how we get blessed in this area and how we're blessed to be a blessing. And so again, remember, you got to get seed in the ground. I've had people say, Pastor, we tithed last week and nothing happened. Well, crud. We understand the concept of putting a seed in the ground and how long it takes a tomato plant. But see, what happens many times in our society, we're, we're used to instant coffee. We can press a button at an ATM. We can go to McDonald's and we get ticked off when our order in there in 12 seconds. You know they time them? How do you know? I've asked them. How long that take? But when God doesn't move on our timetable, we get mad. Don't give up on your seed, okay? And remember the analogy of the fruit tree. There's some of you, we're going to pray here in just a minute. There's some of you that you've had fruit in the ground, you've had seed in the ground, and I'm telling you, that fruit's coming around. That fruit is coming around. I'm telling you, that may bear witness with some of you right now. That fruit's coming around, okay? God's seen. Just as he saw that cherry tree. Let me tell you one more little quick story. And then I'm going to pray. There was a guy a year ago who the Lord told him, I'm going to do three things for you in 20. No, no, no. I'm going to do three things for you in the next year. Two days later, he did the first one. I mean substantial. Changed his life as long as he's alive. The second thing had to do with his business. Before 2018 ended, that took care of. It was done. But the third one didn't happen. And he started saying, Father God, what, what's going on? Why didn't that third one happen? And this angel appeared to him. And you know what the angel said to him? He said, when did I tell you that promise was going to take place? And he said, it took place last year in June. And he said, God doesn't operate by the calendar of January to December like humans do. God has a different timetable. And he said, when I told you it'll be done within a year, it'll still be done within a year because June hadn't come yet. Don't give up on your seat. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.